0: So what is then the side-by-side comparison that Jesus is making? What spiritual truth are we to learn from the earthly story? Well, let's look at the parable. Let's back up verse 16. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I'll do this. I will put down my barns, build greater, and there I will store all my crops and goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you then whose then whose will those things be which you have provided?" Now the rich farmer was satisfied with the harvest, the crop that he has already produced. He was satisfied with that and was content with, I'll just put this stuff away in larger barns and I'm set. I don't have to do anything else. And he has said in his soul, hey, I could eat, drink, and be merry. Now, I need to remind you that two chapters earlier, Luke chapter 10, Jesus was described as the Lord of the harvest. That he is seeking a harvest of lost souls. He had sent out the 70 into the fields and said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest." So key point point number two for us this morning is this, the Christian who is satisfied with the harvest we already have has lost sight of the gospel. So, so far here's what we have. We can be so focused on the temporal that it's a distraction from the gospel But then there's times that we can be so satisfied with what we have in the sense that we don't need any more harvest. We don't need any more people saved. We don't need our church to grow any larger. I've actually heard people say this. Uh, I've heard people say to me as a pastor, I've heard people say, well, I like the church, our church, the size it is. I've had you know now this is not a at grace point everybody at grace points going we need to grow we need to grow uh, but I, i've served in churches where everybody's like you know i don't want to i don't want our church to be any bigger the problem with that statement is it, it's a statement that the rich farmer would have said i am happy with the harvest size that i have i can sit back and not worry about reaping a harvest of lost souls i am happy with what I have so key point number two the Christian who is satisfied with the harvest we already have has lost sight of the gospel when we are convinced that our church is just the right size then we have believed the same lie as the rich fool now you ask what is that lie look at verse 19 I will say to my soul soul you have many many goods laid up for many years take your ease eat drink and be merry the harvest isn't for your benefit it isn't for you to eat drink and be merry the harvest is for the glory of God now I don't know about you but I want to be busy in the fields of harvest when Jesus returns so too many of us have been distracted by the gospel by self-consumption and then we've lost sight of the gospel because it has become all about our personal preferences So when was the last time that you worked in the harvest field? Who was the last person that you led to Christ? When was the last time the waters were stirred because of your labor in the fields? You know, the Bible is clear. There's only one thing that we can take to heaven and that's other people. If you're to store up treasures in heaven, then we have to be concerned with the lost. And finally, key point number three is this. The church that labors in the fields of lost souls Is the heartbeat of the gospel. So how does the church labor in the fields of lost souls? Jesus addressed a fourth group. Remember, he addressed the man. Then he addressed the whole crowd. Then he addressed the disciples. Now he's going to address a fourth group. What is this fourth group? It's actually a group that doesn't even exist yet. It's the church. He's going to tell us how to labor in the fields. Look with me at verse 32. Do not fear, little flock. That's us, that's the church. In fact, that's the phrase that Jesus uses to describe the church, his followers more than any other term. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms, provide yourselves money bags, which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches nor moth destroys for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So let's real quick, let's, let's sum it up with these things. Verse 32, little flock, that's the church. Verse 33, sell what you have and give alms. He's just simply saying this, don't be focused on consuming stuff. Be focused on living a life of sacrifice and worship. Verse 33 also says provide yourselves money bags, which do not grow old. In other words, never stop giving to the church. Don't ever think that I don't have to give to the church. doesn't, the church doesn't have a need right now. Well, the harvest that we reap will be in direct proportion to our giving. Verse 33, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. The souls that we reach as a church are the treasures that we'll see in heaven. Verse 34 then says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This phrase has a dual meaning. It's kind of like the things that we spend our money on are going to reveal our heart. But at the same time, if we truly treasure people, then our heart will share the gospel with them. This parable is an incredible insight into the kingdom of God. Don't allow the temporal to distract us. Uh, Don't allow those things to distract us from the gospel. Allow the gospel uh, to be a part of our our daily living. Have one last thought, then we're going to pray, and I hope that you'll enjoy the rest of your day. Who will be in heaven because of your labor in the fields? Let's pray.